Hey everyone, Justin here with Whitetail Theories Podcast. On the mic today, we have Dave Skinner, consultant for Spartan Cameras. What's going on, Dave? Not much, Justin. How are you doing today? Hey, good, good, man. What's that What's that weather doing over in Kentucky? It can't make its mind up. It looks like it's going to rain for two days, and I don't think we've had a drop, but it's going to, the bottom's going to fall out any minute, I think. Oh, man, yeah, it's coming. Down here in Florida, we've been we've been drought city for the last few months, and uh, I tell you what, it same thing, a couple days, it looked looked like it was going to get nasty, and then and then it did, so I'm, I'm sure you guys are next. So We need it. It's, it's been pretty dry here, so we need it. <laughs> no, I hear that, especially with growing season and stuff. I know there's a lot of lot of plots that are that are needing some rain. Yeah. Um. So, Dave is a consultant for Spartan Cameras. We wanted to get him on the mic here. Um. He has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to trail cameras and Spartan, and we wanted to kind of give our listeners a little bit of insight on uh, on Spartan cameras. Um. So, Dave, kind of how we start the podcast is a little intro. You know, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself um, and uh, how you got into hunting. And hunting, uh, that's uh, that's an interesting story. So I, I didn't grow up hunting. I grew up fishing. Um, I joined the military right out of high school and uh, met a guy in the military. We'd quickly become best friends, and he was a big hunter, big bow hunter out of West Virginia. And uh, he and I kind of just hit it off, and he got me into shooting a bow, and next thing I knew, we were – going to West Virginia on a bow hunt. Um, my first bow hunt ever first morning, it was October 15th, probably wasn't all that cold, but back in those days we didn't have any gear for anything. And I remember we took, uh, we went to the, um, government surplus surplus and bought some air force, uh, flight suits, pilot flight suits and took magic marker to them and made us some camo. And <laughs> I was up in a, I was up in a big red oak tree. Uh, the stand consisted of a two by four and a railroad spike and, um, was standing there out in the morning in the rain. And, uh, I had a little six pointer come in from behind me and surprised me right under me and buck fever set in. I, I just, you know, I never really put much thought into buck fever until that moment. And, it was it was like one of those nightmares. You ever had one of those nightmares where you you're frozen and you can't move and you know, there's something you know that's what it that's oh, what yeah. it felt like. It, it was a nightmare. I didn't I didn't know what to do. Didn't know to whistle this deer to stop him or anything. And I would have I would have gladly shot that deer's first deer I'd ever seen from a deer stand. And needless to say, the bug the bug bit and uh, took hold. It was it was a few years before I really got serious about it um i moved to kansas um after getting out of the military i moved to kansas for a couple of years worked for raytheon aircraft company out there and and started really got heavily into uh, upland bird hunting but started getting a little more serious about deer hunting and then a couple of years later moved to kentucky i've been here now since uh since 2002 and that first deer season here i killed my first buck and i i, I like to say i progressed pretty quickly as a deer hunter but i probably didn't um uh, it, 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 it seemed like I was progressing quickly at the time, but, uh, I, I look back on it now and I think, man, I sure made a lot of mistakes in, the, <laughs> in those, in those days, but fast forward to about 2000 and, uh, I guess it was 2005 or six, uh, me and a good friend of mine started a game call company, uh, Lost River Game Calls out of Bowling Green, Kentucky. And, uh, it was a small deal. We had some dealers over throughout Kentucky and, we were making turkey calls, mouth calls, and, and friction calls, and I was looking for a way to promote that business, so I bought a, I bought a video camera, like everybody does, you know, and, and thought I was going to be the next Michael Waddell, and, uh, <laughs> uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, so I bought this video camera and, and started started producing some videos, had a, had a little website, done a local TV show for a while. And as a result, started meeting people in the outdoor industry and someone in about 2007 introduced me to this little trail camera. Um, back then it was called the Scout Guard SG 550. And uh, to say it was revolutionary to the, to the trail camera world would be, would be an understatement. Um, at the time, trail cameras run on like D-cell batteries. They were the size of, I don't know, a small suitcase. Some of them, right? Were, I remember. I remember those huge. days. Yep. That, yeah. yeah. People. I, people talk about <laughs> lightweight now. I'm like, I didn't even hear that word until about uh, 2015, maybe. <laughs> yep. Yep. And 
you know, dependability really was just an afterthought. It didn't really matter as long as you had a trail camera. And right. I, I mean, we weren't we weren't too far removed from like the film cameras. You know, it, it had been a while since film was around. The digital age was definitely here, but this camera just changed so much um, in in the industry. Uh, the size, you know, the big thing is it wasn't much bigger than a Coke can. I ran on uh, 12 AA batteries, um, and it might have actually been eight AA batteries. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember now if it, was, if it was eight or 12, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the fact of the matter, it, it, was, it was a really good trail camera. And the cool thing about it, it really cut down on theft a lot for a while because it was so small. And, you, you know, you look at all the cameras now, they're they're tiny, you know, but back then there was nothing else like it. And long story, um, I, I sourced them back to um, uh, what at the time was HCO, Hunting Cam Online was the name of it, um, and uh, become a dealer. I started selling those cameras as fast as they could ship them to me. I was selling them. I built a little website. I've always been kind of a do-it-yourself guy, so I've, I've done a little research. You know, when I was producing a TV show, no one ever taught me to do that. I just did it. No one really taught me to hunt. I just did it, you know. Same thing with, with this business. And at the time, I was a police officer here in Kentucky, and it grew super, super quick. And before long, I was making more money selling trail cameras than I was as a cop. And 2000, 2009 comes around, um, me and law enforcement parted ways. And I was selling trail cameras um, full time. And uh, there was another company that come along. Um, I'm sure lots of people have heard of Covert. Um, they came along, and actually, they are they were about an hour from me um, is where they were headquartered at. At the time, they weren't Covert. That company was called Duck Creek Trading Company. Um, so I was kind of on the ground floor of both of those businesses in the very beginning, and they both had the same product. Uh, that little SG550, and I was selling for both of them. And there for a while, I chose sides. I was on the covert side for a while. And uh, in the very beginning of that company, um, I left them in 2012. Uh, I was ended up being a full-time employee for them for a while. But I left them in 2012 and just got away from trail cameras, um, you know, for, for a very short period of time and uh, become a real estate agent or land specialist for whitetail properties. That's what I do today full time is I, I sell land. But I never I never fully parted ways with, with Way, the gentleman that owns um, what is now known as Spartan Camera. And it, it, again, at the time I was HCO. And we, we were friends and uh, he leaned on me for, I guess you would say hunting expertise um, or, or, you know, the hunting industry expertise um right. and uh it it kind of evolved into a business relationship for a while and that kind of went away last year but i'm still a big fan of spartan and that's why i'm here today you know just to talk to you guys and, and tell you about it so well you know and that's that's a, a huge reason why we got you on the podcast i mean obviously your your you know wealth of knowledge your expertise um all that's great you know we want to always give our listeners the the best information they can get when it comes to making a decision on their products that's that's a huge reason why we do this and and why we partner uh, up with companies such as spartan and, and many others but um you know we don't want to just push product we want to give that that knowledge behind it and, and spartan spoke very highly of you they're like this is your this is your guy this is who you want on the podcast like you know we got guys that'll do it but this is this is who you want he's really gonna give you the uh the full shebang with it so i definitely appreciate you jumping on and and sharing that that's a that's a crazy story you know we we always hear that um you know that that i won't call it typical because i don't want to downgrade it but we always hear the you know i grew up hunting with grandpa and dad so it's really it's really uh I always enjoy hearing someone that kind of got into it on their own and, and kind of evolved. And I'll be honest with you, man, you said you didn't feel like you progressed looking back. I mean, we, we all feel that way, but for you not growing up into it, you progress a lot quicker than a lot of people. You know, I, I grew up hunting my whole life and didn't even pick up a boat till I was in my 20s, um, you know, when, when I was in the military. And that's when you kind of get that sense of like, oh, I want to I want to pattern my deer and, you know, I don't want to just go outside and and try to stay warm and sit at a tree you you actually <laughs> kind of get into the whole the whole uh, obsession of hunting um so I, I definitely enjoy hearing about that now 
let's talk a little bit about Spartan Camera. Um, you know, I know you said you had a relationship with the owner. Um, can you kind of tell us a little bit about Spartan Camera? So, you know, going back to the beginning, like I said, they were HCO. Um, they had that little scout guard, and they were they weren't the first. You know, Spartan now is known for cellular cameras. You right. know, that's that's what they're known for. But that's not what that's not what they cut their teeth in. You know, it was, it was those small micro sized cameras. And then I think around 2009 is, um, there was a company out there called, um, uh, smart scouter, I think was the name of it. Um, I believe it was smart scouter, the same guys on smart scouter that own quiet cat now. Oh, okay. um, it was, yep. Yeah, it was as far as I, I am aware, that was the very first cellular camera. And when we talk about being the size of a suitcase, it literally was, I'm not sure that it would qualify as a carry on, on a major airline. I mean, it was that, <laughs> it was that big. Oh man. Now, like a lot of innovative products, it was innovative, but it did not function the way it should. I mean, the picture quality was horrendous. Um, and, and, from from all accounts, it just wasn't a very good um, product. However, um, Spartan come along there very soon. Again, still known as HCO, and come out with the SG580M. I think was the model of that camera. I'm, I'm really digging deep here now. Um, it might have been the 550M. I can't remember right off, but but it was the first. It was a small size, run on AA batteries, and it worked okay you know it worked a lot better than its predecessor but it still had flaws as a matter of fact that camera cost me a really big buck in 2000 and i guess it was 2009 or 10. um it wasn't sending pictures like it was supposed to but the fact is it worked most of the time and it was a pretty effective effective tool especially considering it was the first really consumer priced and consumer available cell cam but they never looked back man they just they just kept they just kept innovating 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 and I don't know exactly what year they rebranded. Um, I'm going to say around 2012 or 13. Um, they got away from the generic hunting cam online name and 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 you know come out with a new logo and just a whole new branding and and really put forth effort towards marketing and getting the word out there. And as they grew, they were able to really innovate. And some of the things they've come along with since then is have been mind blowing. And some of the things we'll talk about today on the new cameras are, you know, they're always the first to market with the latest and greatest. Uh, and it's been like that ever since the beginning. That, that That's awesome. You know, companies that continue to innovate, I, I absolutely love hearing about because, um, you know, I, I got my first cell phone in 2008. Uh, you know, flip phone, I think it was like the Verizon Boulder or the Verizon Rock. It was something like that. It was the indestructible phone. Um, and I just remember, you know, photos and, and how, you know, pixelated and, and stuff it was. So having a, a cellular, cellular camera at that time uh, is just, I mean, that's just, that in itself was innovation for that time. And to continue on, because I mean, we both know like technology, like you, you got that bus, you know, only stops for a second. You got to continuously be innovating, making it better. You know, technology is always changing. Um, things are always getting better and, and easier and, and more efficient. So, well, there, there's here's a problem with with a lot of companies is innovation isn't true innovation. It's just a gimmick. It's a spin on on some gimmick. And one of the big gimmicks that has been rampant in the trail camera industry is megapixels. You know, you know, our camera's a 24 megapixel camera. 48 or whatever they're bragging about now and it's just that's not innovation that's it's really not accomplishing anything who needs a picture like that you know it doesn't right. accomplish anything no one's gonna blow it up to a billboard you, you know what i mean so um innovation is you know live stream that's innovation you know when you can when you can literally say okay show me what's in front of my trail camera right now that's innovation you know not i've got a 48 megapixel camera that you know, works about 20% of the time. Oh yeah. I mean, there's always, I mean, the, the hunting industry, I mean, that's a, that's a huge uh, keyword in the hunting industry. I mean, we both know it's, you know, gimmicks here and gimmicks there. I mean, we were, we always joke uh, around Turkey season. There was a, 
some kind of lotion or scent stuff and it was for turkey <laughs> and i'm yeah. sitting there just lo- <laughs> we always joke around that around that time and it's like a picture from i want to say it's like either the late 80s or early 90s it's called turkey center or something like that and it was like don't yeah. don't get busted in the woods and i'm it's the funniest thing but true innovation like you said i'm glad you touched on that you know true innovation is is giving us something that we don't already have like we don't we don't need some we don't need something you're giving more of a, of a uh, what what's needed instead of I'm sorry instead of a, a what's one uh, I'm sorry what's wanted instead of what's needed so um, and I probably said that wrong but you know what I mean it's it's one of those things where you you have to get better not just something flashy and, and throw a sticker on it and say well this camera is better because it's one megapixel more <laughs> than right. this other camera and it's the same price <laughs> so um, now as far as Spartan cameras so um, you know you have a long history in in the trail cam world. Um, you know, just from, from your stories, I mean, we're already over a decade of, of knowledge plus. Um, so kind of what sets Spartan above these other trail camera companies? You know, especially with you, you know, working and, and, and having relationships with other companies. So so with, I guess I'll just go by, not to beat a dead horse, but it's the innovation and the fact that they work, you know, and I saw when they, when they made that transition from, from HCO to Spartan and they rebranded, I saw a, a real effort on their part to produce, you know, quality products that hunters wanted, hunters needed, um, and to make sure they worked. That was a big one. Um, you know, when they first, when they were first released their app, I was a little bit hesitant. It took me about five minutes of using it to realize, you know, it was life changing. And what has blown me away, I don't know how long that app has been out now for years, is they never stop innovating on that app. They never stop making it better. And it's it's sometimes it's a little controversial. You'll hear users complain because they've made some big huge update to the app. But within just days, you realize how much better it is than what it was before. And I've been one of those guys complaining, why are we changing this? It works perfectly. Um, and I've got to learn it all over again. But, you know, here here it is, changing my life once again, you know, making making scouting easier or more affordable or, or whatever. Um, so it's just been that continual progress i guess you would call it and i'm not a i'm not a progress kind of guy most progress in this world turns me off but they've made a lot of progress that that was good towards towards my hunting and my enjoyment of the outdoors so you know and, and that's another great reason why we have you on the podcast because you know like you mentioned you you are not employed by spartan um so you know not just do you have your knowledge of them in the history of it uh, but this is you know a product that you continue to use and support even though you're not employed with them you know I, that says a lot uh, from all aspects yeah i mean it's not always been that way there was there was a time where I, you know i was a contract guy and i was getting i was getting paid a little bit you know but i got so busy with real estate i really just didn't have time to put the effort towards what they needed me doing and i guess about a year ago that relationship went away however i'm still you know that tried and true user that i don't foresee me going anywhere else because i don't see anyone ever catching them to, to be honest they're they're so far ahead of everybody else why would I take a step back to use something else? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. For sure. And I mean, those are the opinions that I personally value the most. I mean, a lot of our listeners, because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, whether you're working for them, you're not working for them, you know, your friends, whatever, uh, the fact that you continue to use the product, I mean, it's always going to say, like you said, why would you take a step back when you're already where you want to be? Now, let me see here. So I tell you what, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, the photo plus video mode. So, um, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about a couple of their new, new products that they have out, but, um, that photo plus video mode, would you mind kind of just, uh, giving our listeners a little overview on that? Uh, kind of the, you know, I guess, you know, Spartan, from what I'm understanding, they're the, they're really the only company that has that out right now. I don't know of anyone else. I know they're the first to release it. I don't know anyone else. Maybe someone's knocked. I tried off, but... to do my research on it, and I, I couldn't find anything. So I, I, I dug around for a while and, and tried to see if anyone else was doing that, and I didn't see anything. Yeah, it's it's it's. I remember us talking about this before it ever come out. How how awesome it will be, 
if when when the cameras are first capable of sending video, that was really cool. But all you got was you know a, a video, you know, and or the cameras were taking videos. Let me let me back up a minute. So when we you know really perfected sending photos, it's like can we can we send can we send video? Um, and if so, how much data does that eat up every time you get a video? And and it's going to be costly, you know. So um, the decision was let's try to send the photo. And then if you like what you see in that picture, you can request to download the video that goes along with it. And in the very beginning, there was a little bit of a delay. So the, the, the photo, it will take a photo, but it will take about two seconds to start recording the video. Well, the, the go live now, literally you get the first frame of the video. Um, so when you, when you get that picture and it's a buck working a scrape and you want to watch that, or, or maybe it's a doe starting by the camera uh, and it's November 10th. So you know, what's right behind her and you want to know what that is. You go in your app, hit request video. And a few seconds later, that video is, is on your phone. Now I say a few seconds later, that's what the go live. It can be a few seconds later. Um, the, uh, the go cam, you have to wait on that camera to communicate with the server again, but it will download that video right to your phone. And now you get to see what happened after that photo was taken. And, um, it just eliminates so much lost information. I mean, there's, you know, it's amazing at the things you learn watching video of, you know, we go out and watch deer in the woods, you know, that's awesome. There's nothing better than that, but you can't spend 24 seven in the woods like right. these, like these, uh, cameras. And if you can, I'd like to be friends with you because I want to figure that out <laughs> Me myself, too. you know, Me so, too. <laughs> um, but so that's kind of the photo plus video. I may not have done that justice explaining. So the camera takes a picture, sends you the picture, but it's recording a video also. If you like what you see in the picture or you need more information, then you can request to download that video. It saves on data. Um, it saves time from looking at videos that really aren't necessary. And the, the cool part is when you do go retrieve your camera, all of those videos are on your SD card. So I always, at the end of the year, when I go retrieve my cameras, I'm going through all those videos and watching and, and, you know, there's always something that I missed, you know, maybe, maybe the picture didn't really look all that intriguing, but then the, the video two, three seconds later is like, wow, that's pretty cool. No, you, you explained it great. And I, and I think from what I'm understanding, it's about a 10 second video. Actually, I think, I think uh, don't hold me to this. The, um, the go live does either 20 or 30 seconds okay. um, now. Yeah, it's it's a it's a long video. And man, it's it's amazing what can happen in 20 or 30 seconds in, in the wild. So this this turkey season, um, I was running cameras. I do this every year, but um, I've got a new farm I bought last, last March. And uh, it's my second turkey season on it. And I had cameras. I, I knew where the turkeys were spending the bulk of their time. So I had this thing, you know, five or six cameras around my big ag field and um i got some of the coolest stuff fights and everything and and it would just be a gobbler strutting in the video i'm like oh let me download that video and all of a sudden that gobbler takes off running and then another gobbler runs into view and they're in battle royal right center frame and i would have never known that happened without that photo plus video and I, i'm sending it to all my buddies that's another cool feature from from the Spartan app is you can share the video directly from oh. your app, send it to your buddies. You can upload it directly to social media or, or whatever. It's, it's like I said, the app, the app changed my life in ways I didn't know I needed my life changed. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it so. funny? Isn't it funny how that works? I, uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you how many times I say that too. I don't need it. And then you get it. You're like, well, baby, maybe I'll just check it out. And then you're like, I mean, to send, I, I think that's an awesome feature. I actually didn't know that. Uh, that's, that's, that makes things even better. Um, you know, I'm already leaning towards myself, trying a, a few Spartan cameras. Um, I currently use covert. I don't have any issue with them at all. You know, we, we get a fairly good discount with them too and stuff, but I tell you what, I mean, who does, I mean, like you said, the thing, the things you miss, I mean, you know, turkeys have a social hierarchy. So you're literally like for, you know, I'm a diehard turkey hunter. I care more about turkey than I do deer. I know this is whitetail theories podcast. I love my whitetail. Um, but at the end of the day, turkey always holds my heart. And to be able to use that to help me figure out my social hierarchy. I mean, we have two separate flocks on our property. Um, so I'll be able to really, really narrow down, you know, how I want to manage my property and, and also how cool is it to see that, <laughs> you know? Oh, getting experience that. I mean, I've, I've turkey hunted, you know, as long as I've deer hunted uh, most of my adult life. And, 
Um, there's only been a couple of occasions, as many hours and states I've hunted, there's only a couple of occasions I've got to see a real full on fight. And I saw it five or six times this year from the comfort of my living room, you know, <laughs> and so that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and I, I, while we were looking, I wanted to clarify on the, the video link. Uh, it is up to 30 seconds with, with the go live. Um, the go cam, I think is still limited to 10 seconds. Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate you checking that out. Awesome. And now, uh Man, that's that's awesome. I uh, I did some research, but I definitely didn't see that part of the app. I'm gonna have to definitely check out that app. Um, now, as far as um, I tell you what, uh, we'll, we'll, since we're kind of on this topic, I, I did want to mention. You know, I know Spartan has two new products out, but I want to kind of jump down a rabbit hole of um, how is trail cameras? Because you said a few things in that that last uh, you know question and answer setting we had a second ago. Um, how is trail cameras? You know, I know you mentioned you had a story about how trail cameras have, have really helped you grow in your experience and, you know, with time and money. Um, I, I, tell us about that story. I, I guess the story I had in, in mind um, was not this past season in Kansas, but this, the season before, because this past season, the whole another story on a, on a different level. But so two seasons ago, what's this is 20, I guess it was 2020. Yeah, no, 2021. I'm sorry. I don't know. It was 2020. It was a deer season of 2020. That's right. COVID, COVID season, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so I had just picked up a a new farm in 2019, actually. Um, or was it 29? It was, I think. I don't know. Let's just forget the dates because it all it's all a big it's all a big mess at this point. So I picked up a new farm out in Kansas. Um, September September 1st, I met out there with the landowner, um, took me a couple of Spartan cameras out there, um, hung them up, and I put them on solar panels with lithium batteries inside because it's it's 11 and a half hour drive out there. And to realistically get to scout that far away, you, you're not you're not making trips out there. I'm not going out there glassing the, the bean field. I'm not going out there and, and you know, even – I'm not even going out there and hanging deer stands, you know, I'm going to hang and hunt. And, uh, so I studied a map. I found a couple spots that I thought were going to be really good pinch points. I hung those two cameras up with solar panels. Um, and I didn't have a whole lot, you know, I, I'm watching those cameras every day. Um, about, about the first or second week of October, I had this big mature buck show up, um, the deer, he was one of these deer that had like a pedicle damage or something on his left side, kind of made him funky. But his right side is this giant, I mean, giant five point side with a couple kickers. Um, and uh, that was the best deer I had on camera. And I thought, well, he's worth my time going out there and hunting. You know, uh, that right side will be the biggest one side of any buck I've ever killed. And he's not going to get better. Those deer, when they have that damage, that pedicle, they're not going to get better. And he's fully mature. The deer's at least six and a half years old. He's a tank of a deer. So I believe it was October 28th. So that was September 1st of 20. Um, October 28th of 20, I drive out there. I leave sometime up in the day. Um, I drive all night. I get in like at 1, 1 a.m. or something like that. Um, so the 29th is going to be my first morning deer hunting out there. And I slept in because I was up so late. I knew I'm getting ready to not get a lot of sleep over the next eight or ten days. Um, so I slept in good that first morning. I get up about 9 o'clock. And on my way to the farm, I get a picture of him um, in this gap that right, you know, right in front of the camera, download the video, you know, request the video. And he's, he's kind of lip curling just in the air. Uh, I think he might've even worked a worked a scrape there. There was no overhanging limb, but, uh, he worked scrape Pete on his tarsals right in front of the camera. And of course that's got me jacked up because I know he's there and he's there in daylight, meaning he's betting on me and my odds of killing that deer just went through the roof. Um, I've studied the wind. I know, around about where I'm going to go hang a couple stands, but I have no idea. This, this farm does not have many trees on it. All right. Um, it's real scrubby, low type stuff. There's a few bigger hackberries in the fence lines and there's a spot where the Creek, I can see on the aerial photo, the Creek makes a bend and tucks in real tight 
to the fence, you know, 15 yards to the fence row. And I, and I can see on the aerial again, there's some bigger hackberries there. And I'm thinking maybe I can get in one of those hackberries and, and hang a stand. The wind is perfect for it. My scent's going to be blowing out into the field. He's going to come in right on that because he can visually see in the field. He doesn't need to scent out there, but he's going to come on the downwind side of that bedding area. And he's going to be point blank range, you know? So I've got all this playing out in my head. And um, so I get there. I go in, I hang my stand, um, and there was another spot I want to hang a stand. So I, I leave that spot, and I drive around, I slip in, I hang another stand, and I'm standing there. It's about 1 o'clock in the afternoon now. I've got two stands up, um, and I think, do I do I worry about hunting this evening? Do I try to hang another stand? Where do I hang another stand with this northwest wind? Because I, I don't know that I have another spot where there might be a tree big enough do I hunt this spot or do I go back to the first spot? And it was kind of just a flip of a coin, you know, both, I basically have a stand on either side of that gap where I had the picture of him at. So I don't know exactly where he's at. I know which way he was facing when that picture came through and the video come through, but where he went, I have no idea, but I decided to go back to that first stand. I get, um, I go to the truck. I, I carry scent free baby wipes with me cause I'm sweaty. I'm, I'm basically taking a bath there on the side of the road, with my baby wipes and, I'm staying about 30 minutes away. So the option to go home and shower and all that wasn't an option. So right. I get cleaned up. I throw my gear on and I start hiking across the field to get in my stand. And uh, I get over there and I get up in the, I get up in the tree and I feel really good about it. You know, I, I you know, the wind's perfect um, that evening as I, I don't see any deer at all um, until probably 30 minutes before dark, maybe 45 minutes before dark and six does come busting out of the woods near where I'd hung that other stand. And I knew they had smelled where I was at because they come blowing out of the woods and just blow right across the field and run right over on the neighbors. I'm like, well, that's not a good sign. You know, that's bad. Um, <laughs> however, that hasn't happened over here where I'm at. So maybe, maybe things are looking up, you know? And, um, when I, of course, when I got up in that tree, I, I climbed some, I trimmed some shooting lanes, but the way I had to position, I'm eight feet off the ground. That's as high as I can get. And uh, I could not position my stand perfectly, but I've learned through years of trial and error that nothing is ever perfect and you make do with what you got, you know. Um, uh, uh, what's my, what is I used to tell my kids? Uh, um, you get what you get and don't throw a fit or something. I forget what that saying is. But anyway, so <laughs> yeah. I, so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm just getting ready to that. It's getting to that point where, okay, I probably need to pick my bow up and stand up because this could happen at any moment. And that thought's going through my head. And all of a sudden I catch movement right where I expect the deer to be at over my right shoulder. And he is coming like fast. I mean, I see him, he's at 15 yards. And by the time I, without even thinking, just like, you know, deer are so different out there. They don't really look up. It's so different hunting out there than it is here. I just stood up, grabbed my bow, turned in the stand, come to full draw. And he is standing broadside at like 11 yards. And I zip an arrow right through the boiler room. Um, I wasn't sure how good the shot was because I knew the deer was standing. He looked like he was standing a little quarter and two, but his body was bent, kind of turned. Um, right leg was forward. Long story, um, he jumped across the creek, which I skipped part of the story. It had been raining. They'd gotten like six inches of rain a oh. couple of days before, and the creek was at full capacity. And this this story would have never played out like this had it not been like that. I learned this year that those deer don't funnel like that out there. They cross that creek anywhere. But this specific day, it caused him to funnel around the edge of that because the creek was so swollen. I mean, it was it was like whitewater rapids going down there. It was crazy. Oh, wow. um, I couldn't hear anything over the water. It, it was pretty wild. But but anyway, that creek had forced him into that pinch. I'll keep that in my memory bank for future hunts when it's been raining. But last year, it did not work out at all like this. But but anyway, um, I wasn't sure how good the shot was. I waited till the next day. Um and he didn't make it 70 yards. It was good and cold that night. So I wasn't worried about losing the meat, which I didn't. Um, and uh, got in there, got my deer recovered. Um, what was really cool about the buck is that right side scored 88 inches. Um, so if you double that and add a 16-inch spread, I think that's like 194. So I forget exactly what it is. But had he matched, he would have been my, you know, my lifetime buck. Um, he still is, you know, because that right side is so huge. But... I tell everybody the story 
because had I not had that camera out there, I, I doubt, I don't know that I would have hunted that spot, but what, what it, it gave me the confidence to go out there, even though I never scouted, I didn't have to go out and check trail cameras. I knew there was a shooter on the property. I got lucky and killed him within six hours of climbing up a deer stand, which is amazing, uh, an amazing feat because last year I hunted it for 15 days and never drew my bow. Um, so, but it was the best hunt of my life last year as well. But I, so that's just, you know, scouting outside of, you know, from one state to the next when it's, or it's, it's impossible to do unless you don't work and you have infinite funds and and neither of those are true for me i work really hard and i definitely do not have infinite funds <laughs> what's amazing about that story is those two trail cameras i put up september 1st was one year ago so that would have been 2020 september 1st of 2020 i put those trail cameras up on solar panels those cameras have both sent me pictures today and they've I, all I've done is move them from one spot to the next. I move them when I'm out there. I'll shift them around to different spots, whatever. Um, they're currently over. I I when I put them on scrapes on field edges last November, our plans were to go back out and shed hunt this spring and move them back to my pinch points. However, we ended up having to cancel our shed trip, didn't get to go. So we're headed out there next week or week after, uh, and we'll shift cameras around some. But uh, but anyway, so that's that's just one of many, many stories. Um, and, and I mentioned to you before we got on the podcast about how these cameras saved me money. Well, imagine what it costs in fuel and hotel bills to drive to Kansas. Well, I can buy a GoCam pretty easily for, for that, or, or not a GoCam, because I think GoCams – Prices are dropping on go camps are like 200 bucks. The go live, I think, is 400 bucks. Um, so it doesn't take long to, to realize the savings with these cameras and justify their expense. Now, if you're the guy that likes to do a whole lot of boots on the ground scouting and you just got to go out there and glass the mean fields and you just got to go out there multiple times, it's probably not for you. I don't know, you know, but I'm not that guy. And my wife really likes this because. Most of my spare time before cellular cameras, most of my spare time throughout the summer was spent checking trail cameras, working on trail cameras, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't, well, I don't work on cameras now unless one of them goes down, and they do go down occasionally. Um, but the fact of the matter is, I'm not, I'm not losing data. I know, I know when my camera's working and when it's not. I'm not sitting at home two weeks waiting on that card pull to go back in there and just be disappointed or heartbroken, especially during the rut, just to realize that camera's not been working the way it's supposed to. So. Um, Anyway, just just a few little. No, that's sorry, that's sorry, awesome, no. and, and you know what? I was just thinking in my head, like a campaign over here was was Spartan, you know, ca camera for the spouses, because I'm the yeah. same way. Like, uh, you know, my it was funny. I was putting out cameras um, on some public land last weekend or two weekends ago, um, and I was out there, little little public land. I have the the biggest buck in my state was killed there, so I always like to go out there and mosey around and. Uh, my, my girlfriend, it was funny cause she was like, I thought hunting season was over cause ours is from September <laughs> until, uh, April 28th. Um, we go into small game and then we go into Turkey. So I'm like, yeah. uh, we, we get zero break and And she's like, I thought, I thought hunting season was over. I'm like, yeah, but now, now it's growing season. Now I got to get the cameras out. Like this is when the work's done. And she was just like, I was like, man, I'm gonna have to get some cell cameras. Cause, uh, I spent, I try to make it quick, but I still spent about, you know, four, four or six hours out there because i canoe into the spot you know i don't like to disturb anything so i canoe in there and uh and so i'm definitely i, I was thinking of ahead i'm like i'm definitely gonna have to get something now because it'll free up a little of my weekend now i'm still gonna get in the woods you can still get in the woods and stuff but why not free up some time especially when it's the off season you're trying to balance out that you know relationship and your obsession so I'll throw one more story at you here. Yeah, hit um, me. So this this is another Kansas story. So um, last spring when we went out shed hunting, um, I'd had a few pictures of, of a deer out there that was really nice. I don't know how big he was. He was really tight, but he, he looked to be a four-year-old last year. Um, and we picked his sheds up this this past spring, not, not this spring, last year. Um, and with like a 14-inch spread, he was like 162. And I actually found a three-year-old, a three-year-old shed off of him from the year before that, you know, was obviously the exact same deer. So we were really excited about that buck this year. We get out there. Um, I forget what date we got out there. It was early November and I hadn't had a picture of him. I was really, I was really concerned. And again, my cameras, 
I moved my cameras when we we're out there shed hunting and I did not put them in good spots. I, I, I don't know why, but they just, I just wasn't getting almost no, no buck pictures. And the very first day out there, my buddy that was hunting with me out there sees this big buck. He describes him to me uh, in a text message and then he sends me a picture of him. I'm like, Oh, I know that deer. That's the G three buck. He's got this big long G three on his left side. Um, and he had added a couple of points this year. So I was guessing he would be in the 170s, low 170s probably, um, and immediately became target buck numero uno, you know. Um, and uh, we hunted seven seven days, I think, eight days, something like that. And um, when, when Justin saw the deer, um, he was on the south end of the farm, right near the property line. And I just, you know, I'm probably – I, I think I'm a pretty good hunting buddy. I just, I'm like, okay, you can have the south end of the farm. I will stick to the north end of the farm because you saw him first. I'm not going to, I'm not going to edge in on you and, and try to kill this deer while you're hunting down there. So he had, he had the place himself and he actually had him at 15 yards when they full draw. And uh, we'd start, we started getting some pictures of him as the rut kind of progressed progressed more we started getting more pictures of him and I, when i went back and looked at my pictures year before it was very similar i didn't have any pictures of him until after i killed my buck um so it was on in november before i started getting pictures of him. so he same exact pattern well long story our hunt is over um both of us had to get home i had promised my now 16 year old she was 15 at the time uh, her birthday is November 8th, uh, the worst planned birthday ever. Um, and I've missed it many times. You know, there's been a few times I promised her I'd be there when she turned 10, things like that. Uh, I'm not the worst dad on earth, just not quite. Um, but uh, but anyway, I had promised her I would take her to get her beginner's permit um, uh, on her birthday, which was November 8th. Um, and uh, so on November 7th, we are driving home from Kansas and the camera we had been getting that buck's picture of, the G3 buck, he was on it all day long. And Justin would have been hunting there. Justin would have killed the deer that day had we not been driving home. And the whole way home, it is burning me up inside. I'm like, dude, I'm taking her in the morning. She's getting that permit. I'm not even taking my stuff out of the truck. I'm turning around and coming back. <laughs> so this is one of those instances where they can be kind of costly, okay? Um I said, figure out a way for you to come back with me, you know, and he had some sort of, uh, some sort of commitment. I forget what it is. And he couldn't go. And I've hunted out there many times by myself. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all to hunt by myself. I kind of enjoy it sometimes not having anybody around, not, not having to bounce ideas off of other people, you know, cause right, a lot of times right. that makes me second guess myself. I just want to do it, you know? Um, so Long story, I did exactly that. She gets her permit. I load my truck up and I go back out there and I spent, I think, another 10 days out there chasing that deer. I, I saw him. I come real close to killing him. Um, I never I, I never drew my bow on him, um, but a really, really, really great, you know, hunt. I mean, it was it was the best rut hunting I've ever had. And I never drew my bow. And I, I'm, I don't know how many bucks I saw. Um, but that one was the one that had my attention and nothing else was going to do. I passed on some other mature bucks. I passed on some jacked up bucks, you know, um, but uh, long story. Um, I left with the tag in my pocket. I forget why I had to come home, but I'd been out there for 18 days total in, in November and I was tired. My wife was tired. Um, I think my kids had even started missing me. Um, I'm not sure about that, but maybe. <laughs> um, and uh, long story. I'm thinking I'm going to go back after rifle season. When rifle season is over, I'm going to go back out there. And I'm getting nearly daily pictures of this deer. He was just smarter than me when I was out there. It was it was crazy. And he used the wind to his advantage in a way that I just couldn't figure out how to beat him. Um, and, uh, but I, I knew as last year or the year before, the further the season progressed, the more he – he would get comfortable and, and slip up and do things that would allow me to capitalize. You know, I'm going back and I'm looking at pictures and dates and I'm looking at weather patterns and figuring out, okay, he was there on the North wind. I can kill him right there on the North wind, you know, if he does that again. So I'm thinking late season is my, is my, 
ticket, you know. And the second day a rifle sees it, he disappeared. He never showed back up. So Neil said it, go back out again. And without that cellular camera, I would have gone back out there and I would have been hunting a ghost. You know, I would have figured it out when I got out and checked my regular cameras. But um, cellular cameras saved me that third trip and and probably maybe a divorce, maybe kids <laughs> not loving me. I don't know. Who knows? But but anyway. Spartan um, camera. Camera for the Spartan office. camera saved my marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. That, that's awesome. I love that. And, I mean – Honestly, I can't. I can't say what I would have did. I. I need. I, I. My first kid's on the way next month, and and I'll. I'll get to see that that feeling everyone talks about. But man, that would have been so hard for me not to just flip it around right there doing good, seventy. Good planning, dude. June, June is a great time to have kids. Oh, I we know. planned one's it. One's born in October. One's born in November. But <laughs> you can take them to the beach on their birthday. Right. And you're the hero, and you can spend all November and all April hunting. So. Yup. Yup. And let Daddy stay the favorite. I uh, that's literally we we kind of did plan it around that and what's crazy isn't this is something we didn't plan me and the the owner actually of service side our babies are both due the same day and his wife said the same thing she's like you guys like you and your planning and I, I told my I told my girl because she was really wanting a kid I'm like I'm like yeah that's that's cool and everything like I'm I'm ready and stuff but like we're gonna have to be a little strategic because you know I'm you know I got a lot more hunting spots that I hunt now I got permission at a lot of farms down here in Florida I've you know being in service side we're a huge networking community so you know I'm always meeting someone in North Dakota or talking to a guy from Washington State last night we're talking about a spring bear hunt and I'm sitting here like we we have to we have to have it <laughs> into spring you're, you're you're just gonna have to take a little neglect when we get a little closer to hunting season we're gonna have to make sure this nine months falls right or i think it's 10 months total falls right um so man that that's awesome i'm, I'm glad you told those stories because you know it gives our listeners that that real hand experience of you know you're saving time you're saving money it's yeah it may seem like oh four hundred dollars for a camera well look how much you saved i mean and it this may have not been so much of an argument i don't know five ten years ago but I mean, gas is going to be six dollars by the end of the summer, and most people are oh, doing yeah. their scouting summer early, early fall because they're not trying to blow everything out come bow season. Um, so even though patterns change and stuff, you're going to get to actually see that, and you're going to get to see, like you said, you know, when they're rutting, when a buck's smarter than you, you're going to be able to at least have a better fighting chance. Um, and if anything, you just have a great overall experience because you're getting into the woods. When things are hot, I mean, we know how it is hunting. There's those days where the birds are chirping and the deer are running and it's just crazy. And then there's other days you sit there for eight hours and whether it's the wind or not, you, you might not see nothing but a squirrel. That's right. Um, so I tell you what, we're, we're coming on, getting close to an hour here. So I'll, I'll start wrapping things up, but real quickly, I, I did want to touch on this because I do know Spartan camera has two new products out. They have the eclipse. Um, and they have the go cam M. um, would you mind just kind of just giving us a quick little, you know, maybe an overview or just a quick little like introduction on, on both of those products or what you do know about them from, from your research and, and things. Yeah, so the Eclipse is just your old school non wireless camera. It's just a regular trail cam. Okay. Um, it does have a, a like a wide angle lens, so you can cover a large area with the lens. Now it is it does have a little bit of distortion. Some people may not like that, but if you want to cover like a, the the example I use is a is a food plot. Oh, okay. You could okay. cover a huge area in a food plot, and I think it's a hundred and ten degree field of view, oh. um, which is which is substantial. Um, but other than that, it uses a micro SD card. Um, uh, it's got a good detection range, real good real good flash range. Um, pretty pretty sweet. It's a black flash, so no no visible flash to the deer. Um, but just your old school non cellular camera with with some with some updates, I guess you would say. Okay, no, um, that's great. So everyone's probably say everyone. If you're not familiar with the Go Live, that is the camera that that does um, it literally does what it says. It goes live, so you can on command tell it to start recording what's in front of it. Well, they've gone now to um, the the Go Live M, which has what they are calling smart carrier switching. In other words, the example I use here in Kentucky. We have some areas. I'm I'm an AT&T guy, not not by choice, but because I'm forced into it. Um, hashtag I hate 
AT&T. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but I'm forced into it, so I have AT&T. Um, but there are areas around here where AT&T has almost no coverage and Verizon has really good coverage. Um, so most of my trail cams are AT&T. Well, this Go Live M will switch between whichever carrier has the best service in the area. So you buy your data through Spartan, just like always. Um, but it doesn't matter where you put the camera. It's going to work if they're self-service, uh, which is life-changing for some people. Um, for example, my cameras out in Kansas are Verizon because AT&T doesn't work out there. So um, I have I have some of both, and that gets complicated trying to figure out, you know, okay, I'm going out here. What's the cell service? I need to take this type of camera or I've got to buy this camera because that service doesn't work. Well, now you just buy the go live M and it'll work anywhere. There's, there's a major cell carrier. So um, that's, that's, that's one of those innovations that no one else has that no one really knew they needed or they knew they needed it, but no one ever really, thought to ask for it and how here it is spartans laid it in our lap so um that's a pretty big one it still has a, the live stream capability so i tell this story sometimes the buck i killed in kansas or in kentucky three or four years ago let's see three years ago i guess no it was the same year i, I, I had a hell of a year that year um that i killed the buck in kansas i killed three bucks that year i killed a really nice eight pointer here in kentucky and i killed an eight pointer in illinois not so nice but an eight pointer in illinois um and then the big deer in kansas but at like seven o'clock in the morning i'm waiting on a cameraman to arrive we filmed the hunt here in kentucky white hill property sending me a cameraman down to film and um i'm laying in bed uh it's like seven o'clock and and i roll over i'm like i wonder what's in front of my camera right now because i couldn't hunt that morning because i didn't have a camera it's opening morning a muzzleloader season and i'd had this camera really consistent all, or this deer on camera really consistent all week so i call in reinforcements hey let's go let's go kill this deer you know and uh so um roll over pull up my camera hit go live and i'll be a son of a gun just as the the video starts rolling this buck just strolls right into view right in front of the stand i'm like you've got to be kidding me this is not really happening right now perfect wind everything um and what's crazy is we get it we get in there that evening to hunt he's a no-show the next morning he's a no-show the next evening he's a no-show the next morning he's a no-show and the cameraman's like I'm done, dude. After this hunt, I'm headed back to Illinois. And he, sh he finally showed up that evening. We got it done. Um, but I'm like, what are the odds? You know, the morning, here he is. But So that's that's a kind of a neat feature. Um, it's it's really useful for security and, and that kind of stuff. It's been around for a couple of years. Um, of course, there's no roaming. So you can you can use the, the M anywhere. It doesn't matter. They don't charge any extra fees or anything like that. And one of the features that kind of gets glassed over, and this this, this saved my butt. Not, I won't say saved my butt. Um, we picked up a lease in Illinois a few years back. It turned out not to be all that great. Um, so we only had it one season. And before I could get up and pull my camera, we let the guy know right away that, hey, we're not going to release it. You can go ahead and start advertising it. We're going to come up in a couple weeks and get our stuff. Well, we got up there and one of my cameras was missing. And uh, I didn't think a whole lot about it at the time because I've had cameras stolen before. And like two weeks later, I'm like, wait a minute, this thing has GPS. I ought to be able to track it, you know. So I, I go into the app and I you click a button to locate the camera and it shows me a map. I zoom in on it and get an address. The, the middleman for me and the lease, I, I message him and said, hey, do you know who lives at X? He said, yeah, the guy that owns the farm lives there. I'm like, well, he's got one of my cameras at his house. Can you ask him about it? And I guess he just didn't know what he took. You know, I had no idea, but it was visible. So he was riding around on the farm one day, unstraps it from the tree, throws it in the backseat of his pickup truck. And like two months later, dude, I tracked the thing to his driveway and, and was able to recover. Now, that's my only real life story of the GPS doing what it's, you know, being effective in what it's supposed to do. But I'm sure there's others that have been recovered. Um, you got to make sure to turn that feature on when you get your camera. That's that's a big one. We've had cameras stolen and they didn't turn it on. So these cameras, one of the really cool features, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go here real quick. But I tell oh, you you're, this. you're so, good, man. Yeah, no, you know, so, you're good. So they have a built-in, um, they have a built-in battery 
uh, and that's what's that's what allows you to be able to do a lot of the things like run these things on solar. There's a battery built into the camera. Well, the main purpose of that battery is to support this GPS function. So the GPS has that battery source. So if they ship the camera with the GPS on, it kills that battery. It, it totally depletes that battery. So they ship it turned off. When you get your camera and you set it up, you need to turn turn it on. It's inside the app. It's really easy to do. It's under camera settings. Um but anyway, make sure you turn that on. And if the camera's stolen, they can do other than destroying the camera. They're not going to be able to disable it because um, okay. they don't have access to your app to turn it off. So they can take the batteries out of the camera, and as long as it the battery internally is charged, um, it's going to send out a signal. What's really cool is the camera has a built-in accelerometer, meaning if the camera is moved activates the gps and says someone's i'm waiting on them to to get to the point to where it sends you a notification saying i have been moved we're not quite there yet but it, it does so when you show up and your camera's not there or you get a picture of it being moved or what have you then then you know you can track that thing and i think it updates every eight hours um so to save battery and make that battery last longer it doesn't continually update it does it every eight hours i'm eight, eight or 12 hours something like that so uh it's a great theft deterrent uh, people don't know anymore which cameras have gps which don't i don't know anyone else that's doing this maybe someone else has, has this is um, a first but, this is the first time i've heard of this i'm literally like on the yeah. edge of my seat i'm like <laughs> i hunt a lot of public land in florida so i'm sitting here on the edge yeah. of my seat and i'm like man after we finish this podcast i gotta talk to kevin and be like hey man i don't need to go ahead and place an order right now because uh the, you know I, I i personally you know knock on wood haven't had the issue with that but it does happen I, i've heard plenty of stories and you know especially Actually hunting, you know, public. I mean, even private. Actually, I take that back. I had a covert camera, one of their cheap $50 ones. I had it stolen uh, from a piece of private land. Um, people go back there and illegally dump sometimes. I'm pretty sure it was one of those people, but um, I literally had one stolen. So at least now I can, it's small town. So if, if somebody's doing something like that, they more than likely live pretty close. Um, and I'm going to be able to go get my camera back or at least, you know, hit the authorities up or, or whatever, whatever scenario I have to take. But no, that's, that's awesome. And, and that makes it worth more than of an investment to me because, you know, yeah, it was all great before, but now it's like, okay, now if something does happen, man-made related, I can go yeah. back and get my camera or at least start the prop. You know, you got a better idea than what you got with a chip. That's for sure. I've calmed down now, but when this feature first come out, I'm like sitting there. Oh, I hope somebody steals it. Oh, I hope somebody steals it. Because <laughs> like I, I want to go recover it. I want to. I want to show up with the sheriff and knock on the door and see the look on their face. You know, and so, and um, they're sitting here like I don't have the camera. And you're like, well, my phone says it's actually yeah. uh, over here in the living room. <laughs> so a few years ago, there was this. There was a news article, and you may have seen this. It was national news. Um, a guy had a camera up. Uh, on on private property and it just was in the perfect location for a guy to shoot a deer illegally right in front of the camera and and cut its head off and the guy is getting live pictures to his phone and as soon as he sees the deer hit the ground he calls the he calls the game it's all happens like literally right in front of the camera so the whole thing is you know you, you don't do something stupid because you might be on camera literally yeah don't do something stupid because you might be on camera and the, the game warden shows up and they arrest the guy right in front of the camera i mean it, it was a great it was like this is only done in hollywood you know but it was like national news and it was a it was a big deal and they they busted his butt right there in, in front of the camera good that's uh, that serves them right uh you know oh, yeah, that's I, i'm not even sugarcoating that we try to appeal to everyone but you know that serves them right it, it, I'm, I'm glad that guy had that camera there i'm glad he got busted and i hope yep. he got the book thrown at him because that's that's ridiculous uh you know but i think that's still pretty cool though that it caught it on on camera and he got to actually do something back because for all you know that guy's been doing that for 50 years driving up and down that oh, road yeah. you know yeah, exactly. Shooting exactly. deer, and I mean, not just the uh, how unfair that is for the animal, and and how awful it is for conservation. But that's not your land. That's not you know the deer belongs obviously to the earth. But that's not you know you don't know what's going on, man. You have kids. You know, when I was growing up, we used to go in the woods. We played in the woods all the time, man. Like that's what kids used to do before video games and cell phones and stuff. And you know, you're you're we'd be out during hunting season. We we have a rule oh. at our family's land: the bottom of the mountain you don't hunt. 
you have to go to a certain spot and we call it the kill zone then you can start hunting and guess where we were at we were right there at that bedding area always playing and stuff as kids so you get somebody shooting from the road you know that's an accident waiting to happen but yeah it's still that's still cool about the story though I actually didn't yeah, hear that. There's, lot, there's, there's lots of those stories, fortunately and unfortunately, a lot of unfortunate things caught on camper, but, camera. But um, yeah, it's 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 amazing technology, and I'm 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 thankful to be a part of it and, and have the opportunity to use them. I know that. No, nah, man, that's that's great. I I really enjoy doing this podcast with you, and and not just me being more informed on things, because obviously, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Everyone knows how I am. I'm that. You know, I, I get a trail camera to kind of pattern what I want and, and, and see age and things like that, you know, like most of us do, feed and pattern, stuff like that. But, um, you know, why it's one of those things like I think you mentioned it a few times. It's like you don't really know you need it until you get it. <laughs> and you're like, wow, this is awesome. Um, and just hearing about I think I think I was officially sold on the uh, uh, the theft deterrent part of it because now I don't have to lug chains and and bike locks and things like that into the woods i can just put my camera out there and uh you know be able to keep an eye on it um and plus being with the service down here service is so spotty and stuff that it's going to be nice being able to pick up the signal that's the strongest yep so i really appreciate you jumping on here with us dave um i guess how i kind of usually end my podcast and and this is something i actually didn't go over with you but um you know as far as a takeaway for our listeners if if you could kind of sum up um a good hot we call it a hot take but if you could kind of sum up a good hot take for us um on uh spartan camera and kind of everything we went over in in just a few words what would you kind of say to our listeners I would say there are cheaper products out there, uh, but I don't think you're going to get the quality or the service or the innovation. Um, I know you're not. And uh, there are there are cellular cameras out there that I saw one in advertising the other day for $69. I don't know how you mold the case for $69, let alone put quality components inside of it. Oh, and I'm not bashing other products. Um, well, maybe I am bashing other products, but... Um, I'm not, I'm not naming them anyway. Uh, but you, you know what I'm saying? No, I, mean, I get if, it. If you want, if you want quality and you want innovation, you want the best of the best. Um, I don't know how you can not, uh, not buy a Spartan camera, but again, buy what you want, uh, call me later and tell me how wrong you were and, uh, I'll <laughs> hook you up with 10% off of a Spartan. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. There, there you go. You, you heard it from, from them. So, uh, if you guys have any, any success stories with those, uh, 50, $60 sale cameras, definitely hit us up. Let us know. We'll get you in contact with Dave, but no, you're, you're right, man. Especially the way materials are i mean i have a cheaper camera with a discount obviously we have to a company but um you know you can physically look at it you can physically look and say okay you know this is a little cheaper cheaper plastic or molding um you know the the wiring system i'm not a camera expert so you know i'm not going to get too crazy into it but um you know the the wiring system i can look at it and see like it's not too complicated so i'm like okay i can see why this is a cheap little um you know card camera and things like that but being a cellular camera i mean that's a little whole different level there so when, when the first $99 cell camera first came out, um, I had to have one, you know, I'm like, I'm going to, I went right to Cabela's as soon as I heard they were out and, and bought one and, uh, bought, you know, the cheapest data package I could get, which was like $10 a month. Um, that's something we need to talk about real quick before we leave here. On yeah. The yeah. Data packages, but I, there's just too many features to talk about. But anyway, <laughs> I got exactly what I expected I would get, you know, was a camera that worked some of the time, um, was really difficult to get it to connect to, to get, you know, good service. And the picture quality was so poor. It, I might as well have not had the camera out there because I couldn't identify unique bucks. And, you know, and at nighttime, the pictures are super blurry and, and, you know, I got what I expected for $99. There were, there were no surprises, none whatsoever. Um, and, uh, every time I get a new Spartan, I'm pleasantly surprised by what I get. So I've never felt like I, I was overpaying and I pay for my cameras. I don't, I have gotten free cameras, but I, you know, it's not few and far between. Uh, but for the most part, I pay for them and I've got 25 or so Spartan, something like that. And, um, I have one other brand, um, and it's actually strapped to a tree and I think I might remember where it is. I'm not sure, but, uh, I put it up and never went back forward. So <laughs> cancel my, cancel my data package and it's still there as far as I know. But, um, but anyway, real quick on the data packages, that's something I yeah, forgot. No, that's great, man. I'm glad you're uh, going to touch on that. 
Yeah, so something we begged for forever, man. Used to, you had to have a data package for every camera, and that got really expensive, especially when you run 20 or 25 cameras. And I've got a customer in Kansas that has 75 of them. I, I still sell trail cameras uh, here and there, and, and Spartan is the brand that I choose to sell. And I'm not I'm not saying that so you go buy them from me, buy them from whoever, but I do still sell them so I know what customers are experiencing with them. Um, and uh, um, he's got 75 of them. That is a huge huge expense uh and because used to it was about 13 dollars a month was the cheapest plan multiply that times 75 i'm pretty sure it's more than my mortgage payment um but i don't know i'm not that good with math but anyway long story um about two years ago um, or a year or so ago uh, we finally got to where you could add multiple cameras to the data plan so um you could add up to 10 cameras to one data plan is five dollars a month per camera um so the plan that i get uh personally is a three-month plan for 36 dollars um and then i can add up to three cameras on that plan for an extra 15 dollars. so it's a three-month plan basically costs 12 dollars a month um and then each camera is five dollars a month so it 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 really cut my cost I'd say in half at least. Um, so become a little more affordable and, uh, there's no activation fees or anything like that. You buy all your data through, through Spartan. Um, and that's a pretty simple process and activating these cameras is really simple. That's, that's one of the things this app has really improved is activating a camera. You scan a barcode and it walks you right through it. That's really, really easy. Um, so they have, I'm sure it's not perfect, um, but they continually work toward perfecting the whole process. So, yeah, that's a thousand. I added it up. That's a thousand bucks in in data fees. Yeah, not quite what my mortgage payment Set, is, but I mean, enough. close. It's close <laughs> more to than mine. my truck payment. Yeah, it's it's yeah. well down here in Florida. We we got lucky. We got our house a couple years ago when when the market got great. So our mortgage payments, you know, is only around like I think it's like twelve. It went up a little bit just now, uh, but it's like twelve hundred. So I mean, that's really not. Not yeah. that far from it. So, all right. Well, Dave, I definitely appreciate you uh, you jumping on the horn here and, and going over that. Now, real quick, I just want to make sure, uh, you know, I know we're, we're wrapping up here, but do you feel like we need to touch on anything else as, as far as Spartan goes? I'm sure as soon as we hang up, I'll think something. <laughs> but I, I think we've covered it pretty good, probably covered some things better than we should have. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we got it, man. Well, I love it, man. And, and, you know, white tail theories podcast, there's no shortage of rabbit holes. And I feel like we stayed on track for the most part. And I personally learned a, a ton about Spartan that I didn't know, especially with the app and the, in the theft detection. I'm actually, you know, as soon as we got off the phone, I'm going to go check out, check out a couple of things. I'm kind of glad too. I waited, um, just because, you know, having that selection of, of looking at these new cameras and also the older ones, but, um, I'm really excited to, uh, to check it out. Um, but Dave, I really appreciate it, man. Uh, you know, appreciate your time and, and your wealth of knowledge and we'll definitely have to get you back on, uh, you know, maybe a little bit towards hunting season or if you get a free time around then and kind of chat again and maybe by then we'll have that, uh, notification coming through and I'll let you know if anyone tries to take my camera and what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it and, uh, I'll be glad to come on anytime you want. Appreciate it, man. Well, you guys are listening to White Tilt. Oh, you know what? Completely forgot about this. Let me do this. Uh, Dave, you know, uh, I'll throw a plug in here for you real quick. I'm going to put in the show notes all the information for Spartan. Um, so if you guys are looking to, to get you a Spartan camera, I'm going to have all the information you need to reach out to them things like that. I'll throw a couple of resources on there for you. Um, but if anyone wants to get in touch with you, where can they reach you at? Man, I'm on social media, um, wherever. I, I don't mind to put my email address out there. It's it's a little long. It's dave.skinner at whitetailproperties.com. Um, and I think if you search Dave Skinner on Instagram, you'll find me, Facebook, um, whatever. I'm, I'm everywhere. Uh, I'm not a hard guy to find. So. Okay, great. I'll, I'll throw that email in the show notes in case anyone wants to reach out to you. And uh, yeah, man, thanks again. Um, but you guys are listening to White Tail Theories podcast, and we'll see you on the next one.